Hello, folks, and welcome back to another installation of Firmamental. To be precise, this is episode two that I am recording, and just wanted to wish everybody a happy 4th of July holiday. Uh, Make sure you guys stay safe, pop your head out of that rabbit hole, and, you know, spend some time with family and friends, barbecue, have a beer, and enjoy yourselves. But, you know, remember, safety, folks, fireworks, safety, folks. I must stress that. I don't want any of you guys losing hands out there. But anyways, back to the show. What is today's subject? Well, none other than Antarctica, folks. Why am I talking about Antarctica, episode two? Because for me, this is a big puzzle to understanding the flat earth theory. And there's a huge conspiracy surrounding Antarctica, folks. Yes, that... uh icy southern continent that they say nobody can travel to without permission that is the subject of today's show so i'll go ahead and get started so what about antarctica exactly is it that is so intriguing and fascinating and how does it relate to the flat earth theory so let's first off just start about talking about a little bit about antarctica all right So Antarctica by far is the coldest place on earth with temperatures reaching 128 degrees Fahrenheit, which would be 68 degrees Celsius. Um, The warmest, I guess, part of Antarctica during certain times of the year reaches a whopping high of 9.9 degrees Fahrenheit or 52 degrees Fahrenheit. Sorry. And that would be 11 degrees Celsius. So, and that's on the most northern peninsula of Antarctica. So what is, what exactly is it about Antarctica? Well, first off, like I said before, nobody could travel below the 60th parallel. <clears throat> so if you're talking about flat earth theory, you got to understand that the North Pole on the Gleason map would be the center of the map. Okay. No matter what direction you leave from that North Pole, you're heading south, folks. So Polaris, the North Star, would sit right above the North Pole. And the North Pole is magnetic. So anywhere you travel south of it, your compass uh, magnetically will be pointing back towards the Northern Pole. Sorry, folks, it's allergy season and my voice seems to be kind of cracking up a little bit. So forgive me for that. But um, so just so you get a little bit of understanding, um, Antarctica, there was a treaty that was signed. Um, when was it signed? On December 1st, 1959. When does it end? 2048. So let's see, we're in the year 2023. So that'd be about 25 years from now, this treaty would end. Um, there is no native human population on the, at least from what they tell us, that uh, there is no native human population to the Antarctica. And This was the first arms control agreement established during the Cold War, folks. Very interesting. There were seven countries, I believe, that signed the treaty originally. 
those countries would be listed in alphabetical order as Argentina, Australia, Belgium, Chile, France, Japan, New Zealand, Norway, South Africa, the Soviet Union, United Kingdom, and the USA. So that was more than seven right there, but uh, <laughs> forgive me, folks. I'm still new to this, and I'm reading my notes, but uh, those are the countries that are actually signed on to the agreement. What's kind of funny about this is, if you think about it, some of these countries are sworn enemies right now, right? Uh, look at the Soviet Union or former Soviet Union, which is Russia, right? And the United States, even South Africa is part of BRICS. Soviet Union is part of BRICS, you know, and then you look at countries such as UK and USA who are allies, right? Those are right now, at least uh, what our media has portrayed, that we are bitter sworn enemies. Everybody knows about the war going on in Ukraine and you know, the Russian spies and, you know, this stuff is going way back. This goes back to the arms race, the nuclear arms race, the Cold War, um, you know, communism and all this stuff, folks. <clears throat> and I, I've heard it put before to think that uh, behind closed doors, you know, when when nobody's around in these secret meeting rooms and the, the hidden hand that actually controls our planet. You know, to think that the some of these world powers are bitter sworn enemies is like believing that Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan were bitter enemies in the ring and outside of in real world, in real life. You know, nah, these guys, you know, once the match was done, they'd go out and they'd they'd have cocktails and party with one another. Well, folks, that's what I believe is going on behind closed doors. Everything is orchestrated in this world. Nothing is by happenstance and i think that a lot of this stuff is planned by the elites right to keep us at odds with one another and keep us in a constant state of turmoil and a in a state of war because they profit off of war so back to the uh, antarctic treaty there's 56 parties in totality the other parties have not formally signed or acknowledged the existence of the treaty but they have signed on Oh, I'm sorry. They sign on and acknowledge the existence of the treaty, but they're not one of the original founding members who have supposedly have a slice of the pie down there in that deep, deep uh, southern continent. Um, other interesting things to note about Antarctica. No one has flown a plane over or around the South Pole. Only planes have supposedly flown across it. Okay. Um so you can go look this up for yourself, folks. Just go do a little bit of research. You can find all this self out for yourself, right? Um, why hasn't a plane flown over and around the South Pole? They've only supposedly flown across it. Well, folks, because if you are a flat earth theorist, you know that, that it is a giant ice wall that holds in the world's waters like a giant cup a giant container, right? It is an impenetrable ice wall that wraps all the way around the world. And you can even just go to the old Google machine and just look this up for yourself. By far, the tallest uh, continent in the world is Antarctica. It's not even close. Folks, it's because it's a giant ice wall. Um, why won't they let you fly over it? Because it's taboo. They won't let, and you can't do it, right? Uh, we as flat earth theorists either, uh, you know, we speculate that there is the firmament comes down there 
or beyond that, maybe there's extra lands. We'll get more into that later. Now, as I mentioned before, no one can travel below the 60th parallel. Um, if you decide like, hey man, let's just go jump in our yacht and let's travel down to the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, we're going to go check it out for ourselves. As soon as you reach that 60th parallel and cross that line, an allied forces of military presence will roll up on you and you will get arrested, folks. You will be arrested and held and probably questioned and who, who knows what else they'll do to you. You have to have very uh, specific clearance before you could just go freely travel down there. So uh, just contemplate that for a while and think, why would they have that in existence? Like, what are they trying to hide from us? What are these world powers up to? And how are these uh, countries that are bitter sworn enemies when it comes to all these other issues, all of a sudden buddy, buddy, and just can come to the table and agree with each other on this uh, mysterious ice continent, right? So <clears throat> you asked, what's the history of exploration down there in Antarctica? Well, sailors who have supposedly circumnavigated Antarctica, um, in total, there's been 23 of them. But I just want you to know that the ones that were um, most recent, especially post, I want to say like 1959 and on, you know, uh, once they took over control of our complete control of our education system and they got rid of the all the uh, encyclopedias that existed before 1958 to talk about the great ice wall. There's videos on that too where people show where it talks about the firmament coming down. And this was in the encyclopedia. Okay, they changed it post-1958, okay? So all these recent explorations that have happened down there, they've had to have very specific clearance to go down there and do what they were doing. And they were given the information you know, that they were supposed to relay back to us. And that's what they put in there. So those are, that's very, uh, information that's been controlled by the handlers as I was, I would put it. So, uh, let's go back in time though. Let's talk about, you know, um, older explorations of Antarctica and, you know, what was said about these explorations. So first off, I wanted to talk about Captain James Cook. Um, he was an, an explorer for the, uh, for the crown. You know, he served the British royalty. He was a world explorer, a brilliant uh, navigator, a brilliant sea captain, um, a brilliant map maker. We'll get into that as well. But um, uh, I believe his first mission was uh, July 1772, right? Um, he, he himself mentioned about an impenetrable ice wall. Captain Cook himself. Um, you can go and research Captain Cook. Uh, you can go look into the stuff that he was writing about what he was discovering while he was down there. He himself talks about an impenetrable ice wall. Cook also claimed Australia and New Zealand during his explorations, right? And he claimed them for the, for the crown during these missions. He claimed those lands for the queen. Um, that is Australia and New Zealand. And if you go look at their, uh, their, flags they're very similar to the united kingdom flag why because they all answer to the crown to the royal family so cook was an explorer sent out by the crown um you know cook's map making was impeccable they still use his maps today folks like the map that he made of new zealand i'm gonna post a link to a video that i found rather interesting 
where they show the supposed satellite images and the supposed outlay of the New Zealand. And you can take the map that this gentleman created way back in the late 1700s and you can overlay them above one another and they line up pretty much perfectly. So this guy was very skilled in what he did. He was very knowledgeable and yes, they still use his, his maps are still considered to be some of the best ever made and still in circulation and use today. And think about this folks. That means that if he would have found the continent of Antarctica, an actual continent, a big claim of land, he would have claimed it for the crown, just like he did the other two, right? He claimed Australia and New Zealand for the crown. Well, why wouldn't he claim Antarctica? And the crown would have the first stake and claim on that continent. Well, I theorize maybe, folks, it's because he just reached an ice wall. Another interesting thing to point out about Captain Cook is go research his ventures and watch this video and uh, look at his supposed explorations on the globe to Earth and then go look at his explorations on the flat Earth map, which, by the way, is the map that mariners use to navigate the seas. Why would you use a flat Earth map to navigate the seas if we live on a globe? Wouldn't you want to use a globe or or the model that's the most accurate or closest to what you're actually doing? No, they use the flat earth map folks because the earth is a flat level plane. That's why it's called sea level because water always finds a level plane. It always goes to its source. It takes the shape of the container that it's in. It's not freely, you know, stuck to this ball and, you know, the waters uh, on the southern part of the world are just stuck by gravity to this to this rock clinging to it. No, we are in a container, folks. That's what I want you to think about. Just think about these things. So what did Captain Cook say? So when he went down there, they say that uh, Antarctica is 15,000 nautical miles in circumference or if you sailed around it you would log 15,000 miles that's the the information that they give us that's what they tell us well if you go and look at what captain cook said he logged 60,000 miles on his second voyage you know that that's a big difference dude that's a difference of what 45,000 miles so here they are claiming that you can sail around Antarctica in 15,000 nautical miles. Well, Captain Cook said he was down there and traveled for 60,000 miles. That's a big difference, okay? You want to know why? Because he was, yes, he sailed around. He sailed around the circle of the ice wall around the cup. And uh, you can go look at all this stuff for yourself. It's, it's rather interesting. Go read on Captain James Cook and his his adventures down there and what he did uh, another great thing that I wanted to bring to your attention is uh, his his untimely demise as I would put it so you ask like what whatever became of uh, Captain James Cook one of the greatest explorers to ever grace the face of the earth right what happened to this guy well I guess during his I think it was his third exploration he was in the Hawaiian Islands, the chain of the Hawaiian Islands, and he kidnapped the Hawaiian uh, 
their king. He tried to abduct their king and he was seized by the natives of the land. And when they got him, they killed him. They offed him. And there's a pretty interesting uh, article and story that you can read and you can just go look in Google. Uh, go look it up on Google, folks. I don't usually use Google. I use like Yandex or Braid because uh, they don't filter the information and send you to the, you know, uh, shoot you to the sources that they want you to look at. They they leave it open for you to find uh, whatever information. It's not filtered and 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 channeled such as the old Google is. But uh, you can even Google this. Uh, there's a lot of theories that they say uh, Captain Cook was actually cannibalized. He was actually uh, the the natives consumed him. You got to think during this time in the late 1700s with the technology they probably had with them. Uh, with them sailing on ships across the the great blue sea and the way that they looked and the garments that they were wearing these people probably thought they were like some sort of gods so uh when the natives captured him they thought he had these mystical powers and they say that they they cannibalized him they cooked him they boiled off his flesh and it says that they uh they consumed his bones who knows how they did it maybe they powderized them and drank them in a drink or whatever but uh yeah, it's pretty interesting and a and a pretty gruesome demise that that became of Captain Cook, but that whole situation, that whole story, is big time for Flat Earth because we believe that he did sail the ice wall of the old Antarctica. There is another very famous explorer. Uh, this was Admiral Byrd, um, spelled B Y R D, not B I R D. Um, he did five expeditions in total. Um, there's actual video footage of interviews with him. I don't know exactly when they were taken. I'm going to post the links to the interview. But uh, this gentleman has some very interesting things that he states as well. And you can watch an interview with him. You can go read about his explorations. I ask you to look at different sources and, and look deeper, dig into this a little bit. But um, he talks about the ice wall, of course. Um they also talk about, you know, the the lack of plant life and animal life. You know, they do say that penguins are down there on the southern continent. And of course, marine life. Um, I think it's just like smaller um, penguins that exist on the outer islands. And then the emperor penguins supposedly exist like uh, on the actual continent itself or where the ice wall exists. But um, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, just to hear about what these guys had to go through and the elements that they faced. And I mean, these guys were true adventurers, right? <clears throat> they were down there doing this in the name of exploration and science and, and research. And this is uh, before all the information was controlled by uh, a small number of people, right? So I, I implore you to go watch his videos, but um, interesting thing that Admiral Byrd states is something different than Captain Cook is he talks about land beyond the ice wall. The way he says it in the interview, he says it's larger than the United States, has never been touched by humans, and has an unlimited amount of resources. So here's where I like to theorize or speculate, right? So just think about this, folks. Think about these world elites. You know, let's use like... Uh, Epstein as an example, right? Uh, you know, uh, everybody knows about the Epstein scandal and supposedly, you know, he died in his prison cell and he committed suicide and this and that. I don't know if I'm completely buying all that. 
Just imagine if there is this land that they know about either through a gap in the ice wall or beyond the ice wall or, you know, um, think if that's where they go, folks. That's where they go. They don't actually die. They go to this oasis that they're inhabiting while we're over here in the real world just destroying ourselves and they're uh, manipulating us from behind the scenes. It's an interesting thought to entertain. Now, I'm not saying that's, I'm just speculating, right? We're having fun with the show. We're trying to get your mind, you know, clicking on all gears and thinking about all kinds of different situations, right? So uh, just take that into consideration. Um, there are two islands that you can travel to in the Antarctic region. Um, you can pay an exorbitant amount of cash to go uh, travel down there, but they'll only take you to two destinations, folks. They'll take you to these uh, two islands, you know, below the 60th parallel, and you are going to laugh your keister off when you find out the name of these two places. What are they? None other than Rothschild Island and Deception Island. This is no joke, people. Go look at this yourself. Rothschild Island. Anybody who is even a surface conspiracy theorist knows the name Rothschild. They are one of the royal bloodline families of the Illuminati. They have the island that you go to is called Rothschild Island or Deception Island, folks. Those are the two places you can go visit down there. If that doesn't smell fishy, <laughs> then brother, you must not have a nose. Even me with my uh, nose that's been broken a few times and I have a horrible sense of smell. I, I can, that, that, that whole thing just smells fishy to me. So who can go down there? Well, only scientists and those approved by the treaty members or the handlers, as I like to call them, can go visit down there. How many people, you ask, have ever been on the continent of Antarctica? Well, um, do your research. It says 200,000 people in history have ever, only 200,000 people have ever stepped foot on Antarctica. Man, think about I mean, what's the Earth's population right now? 8 billion people? Um, only 200,000 people in the expanse of all of history have ever been down there? That's just not like right now, folks. That's like all throughout time. Only 200,000 people have ever, ever actually stepped foot on the continent of Antarctica. Uh, folks, you got to have very special clearance to just go down there and stomp around. You cannot go down there. Why? What are they hiding from us? Well, flat earthers know they are hiding the truth from us. Because if people knew that we existed in this, this domed terrarium or in this cup, um, you know, with the firmament above us and what the Bible says, then we would know we were divinely created. That's why they're hiding it from us, folks. They don't want us to know the truth. You know, and, 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 and what are some of the other reasons why they would, you know, possibly be hiding this from us? Uh, think about untapped resources, right? These rich and powerful people want access to these resources that are down there. Whatever it is that they're finding down there, they want it for themselves. Okay. What about the theory of hidden lands? What if there are hidden lands? You know, what if there's other lands beyond the ice shelf that exist? What if there's, uh, unlimited number of ponds that exist beyond our pond and our cup and there's just that is outer space think about it 
not outer space like traveling up into the sky and reaching the heavens and and going to other planets but outer space outside on this plane that we exist other spaces that exist outside of the ice shelf maybe that's outer space the extra terrain the extra land that's where extraterrestrials actually come from other civilizations and other beings that exist outside of our cup outside of our pond that is very interesting um to think about right uh what about the firmament what if it is the firmament that comes down there you know the firmament that god created that holds everything together the impenetrable firmament that separates our atmosphere from the heavens that separates our existence from this supposed vacuum what if that's the reason why they're hiding it from us because if we knew the firmament was 100 real maybe we would know that god was being 100 genuine and honest with us when it mentions it an innumerable amount of times in the bible first off in genesis right also like i said in episode one Werner von braun famed scientist of nasa uh lo and behold on his tombstone he put what psalms 19 1 which is what so God shows his handiworks through the firmament. Now, why would he go and do that? I believe because he was leaving us a message, folks. He was leaving us a message. So I touched on pawn theory. Uh, what about uh, there's other conspiracies that say that there's giants that exist underneath the ice or extra extraterrestrial technology is embedded over there in, in those southern ice caps. You know, maybe they don't want us to go down there because they're in cahoots with who? The fallen angels, folks. Extraterrestrials? Well, what does it say about Lucifer? He fell from the heavens, right? Heavens means celestial, which means what? Stars, star people, heavenly realm, right? They were cast down to earth and one third with him, right? Those are the fallen angels, folks. This could be the land of the fallen angels, that's why they would want to hide this from us, folks. Sorry if you hear me flipping through my notes. It's just, uh, you know, me going through it. Uh, I'll clean things up as I learn how to become a more seasoned podcaster. We're just getting this thing going, folks. And I'm having fun talking to you. And I hope that I'm, uh, you know, just opening your brain a little bit. And uh, you don't got to take my word for it. Just go and look at this stuff for yourself. Uh, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Uh something to ponder and think about something that definitely they don't teach us in school right so go ahead and do this research man it it is fascinating you know people don't want to uh think that we just can't go to outer space and freely explore because it kills their science fiction you know dreams and star wars and star trek and and shooting through the cosmos folks this is science fiction too just imagine if we're a pond inside of a pond, inside of a pond, inside of a pond, inside of a pond. You know, we don't know the expanse of God. We don't know what's beyond, you know, our own realm. You know, this is something that's so interesting to entertain. It's just a different way of looking at it. So, you know, take the time and, and, and look into this stuff. It's very, very fascinating. Um, I talked about the ice wall, but, you know, I did mention, you know, we, we theorized that's the container of the cup right holds in but what about the tides uh tides of the ocean and what's interesting go to your research only salt waters have tides you know there are very large bodies of fresh water on our planet they don't have tides why not well think about it 
you go to a, 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 a water park, you know, like uh, one that has a theme and you go and they have slides and all that stuff. Well, what creates the tides in the pool, right? They have this giant wall that, that moves back and forth and it causes waves to crash, right? So what if it is the ice wall causing the tides of the ocean, right? The movement of the ice wall. Also, another thing that I've heard that could co- possibly be causing the tides of the ocean would be the salt within the water, right? Because it's only salt water that has a tide. Well, it's the salt water uh, along with the sun, which flat earthers believe is the positive charge, and the moon, which is the negative charge, uh, in unison reacting with the salt in the water, right? It's salinized and it's causing the tides of the ocean. So that along with the ice wall could be possibly causing the tides in the ocean, not uh, gravity or the earth spinning or or whatever the globers say that it is right think about it uh, from a different perspective from a flat earth perspective from a biblical earth perspective from a level plane perspective very interesting stuff folks uh, so as I mentioned the North Pole would be the center of the flat earth map um, traveling any direction south uh, uh, traveling any direction from there right would be headed would be going south um, the North Pole is magnetic and like I said, Pol- Polaris is fixed above it. And I want you to go look at, uh, the Gleason's flat earth map. Um, now do we have everything? Do we know everything? Do we know that everything's perfect and that we got all the answers? No, but, uh, flat earthers, at least most of us believe that the Gleason's map is probably the most accurate map. Um, also, by the way, uh, it's a flat earth map that the United Nations use. Another uh, kind of fishy situation, folks. You know, and uh, we're going to get into more stuff as we continue on and we do more episodes. Uh, we're going to jump back and forth and we're going to touch on things. You know, I probably want to get into more about the Mariners using the flat earth map and also the flight manuals that if you go look at at, at the world's uh, aviation organizations and the world militaries and NASA they all talk about landing on a flat, non-rotating surface. Why would they say that? Folks, it's because we are not spinning through outer space. We're not constantly moving on this spinning rock, just being flung through the cosmos. No, we are on a fixed location. We are on a level plane. We are not moving. Your eyes and your senses do not deceive you. Do you constantly feel like you're being you know, spun around? No, folks the sky clock spins around us and the ancients knew this they were not these knuckle dragging imbeciles that lived in darkness that we think they were they would look at us like we're idiots for believing in this nonsense uh at least that's my opinion don't take my word for it like i said just go do your own research okay um and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it at that folks that's a lot to take in I am going to include some videos that you can uh, click on and, and, and look at because I think that's always a great thing to do. You know, I know George Hobbs does that with the Flat Earth Files and I'm not stealing his thunder, but I think it's a great way to uh, just have access to some of the things that I was referencing when I was doing a, a, a quick study and research for this episode. Once again, I want to shout out my producer, Claude. Uh, from the Claudecast. Thank you, my brother. We getting it in. Episode two locked and loaded. Shout out to all all, all my friends and family and to everybody out there uh, in the United States. Enjoy your 4th of July. 
uh, to all my listeners abroad. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, remember, keep it firm, keep it tight. But most of all, keep it firm, momentum. Peace out, y'all.